Uh, I do want to talk to you from, from this subject. Look at your neighbor and say, almost and altogether. Look at your other neighbor and say, almost and altogether. I won't be a long time tonight. Acts chapter 26, uh, verses 24 to 29, and I'm, I'm switching it up a little bit. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Typically what I do is I just find the version that uh, says what I want it to because that's what we do with Bible versions. Just kidding. So it says this. Now as he thus made his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself. Much learning is driving you mad. You're studying, you're reading so much, it's making you a crazy man. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak the words of truth and reason. For the king before whom I am speaking freely knows these things, for I am convinced that none of these things escape his attention. Since this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. Those are the words of Paul. And then Agrippa said to Paul, you almost persuaded me to become a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me today might become almost, everybody say almost, and altogether. Everybody say altogether. Such as I am, except for these chains. What Paul is saying here, he's saying, you know what, King Agrippa, it's, it's cool that you have almost become a Christian. But he said, I want you to get beyond almost and be all together. I want you to get a hold of what I'm talking to you about, what I am teaching and preaching to you about in fullness. Not almost, not just on the edge, not just on the brink of accepting and listening to what I'm saying. But I want you to go the whole way through. I want you to follow through with what I'm talking to you about. And what Paul was talking to Agrippa about was his own testimony. When he was formerly known as Saul and the, the road to Damascus conversion that he had and, and, and preaching and teaching about Jesus and everything that he'd experienced about Jesus and the teachings that he had been taught by the other disciples. And so Paul is relaying all of this to King Agrippa. King Agrippa, he hears it and he says, you almost persuaded me. Your teaching and your preaching and the truth that you are sharing with me is almost enough for me to believe it. And so this leaves Paul in a bit of a frustrating state. And so I want to talk to us about this. Everybody say hearing. Everybody say doing. And we are going to jump right in. Now, when I talked about this subject before, um, I talked about some different podcast stats and, and music. And the reality is we can be entertained 24-7, 365, with endless amounts of media, whether it's social media, whether it's videos, streaming platforms, music, it doesn't matter, audiobooks, there is a never-ending amount of content to consume. And I think we could all, if we like music or like listening to things, can say that we're just, sometimes we're just passive listeners. Anybody a passive listener? You put music on for background noise? Anybody do that? You're a, you're a passive podcast listener, which means like you're listening to the whole thing, but you probably only actually hear or remember 10%. Anybody here with me? So we do this. We always are listening to things, but the truth is we don't always take in or remember everything that we are hearing. 
Here's a couple stats that I want to share with you. At the beginning of 2021, a couple years ago, Spotify had over 2.6 million podcasts on the platform, and over 50% of Americans consider to be themselves to be active podcast listeners. 24% of Americans listen to podcasts weekly. Isn't it sad? They just don't give you stats on Canadians. They're like, we don't care. USA only. Whoa! Doesn't count for you either. We're all left out. We're all left out. It's like, anytime you see stats, it's like you try to find Canadian stuff, and it's like, all it says when you type it into Google, it's like, sorry, and they say it with our accent. Maybe some of you don't get that. Uh, 49% of podcast listening is done at home. 22% is done in the car. Podcast listeners listen to an average of seven different shows per week. That's a lot. 65% of monthly podcast listeners have been listening for less than three years. Comedy is the most popular podcasting genre, followed by education and news. And South Korea leads the world in the percentage of people who have listened to a podcast in the last month at 58%. There are podcasts about anything and everything. Podcasts are popular because they can be listened to anywhere. You don't really have to stop what you're doing. You don't have to sit down and watch. You can just put your headphones in, hop into the vehicle, uh, you know, do some chores, clean work, do whatever you've got to do, and you can engage in this at the same time. It's passive. It's something that people like to do on the bus to school. It's something that they like to do at the end of the day to wind down. I'm pretty sure when I, when I told this story last time, uh, I, or I, when I talked about this last time, I talked to you about my dog. Everybody remember the dog story? You remember this, right? So the AirPod, right, exactly. Well, didn't eat it, but did anybody not remember this story? Didn't hear it yet? Okay, okay. Shh. It's okay. I'll, I'll share the story with you. Um, so basically, I did tell this before, but this is a good one. And I'm actually just remembering it now, which is funny. But I, I, I'm trying to do better at it, but oftentimes I do like to put just like one AirPod in. Whatever, like I sleep on my side, so I like sleep on my right side, put my left AirPod in, and you know, put it on like a 15-minute timer. The truth is I, I usually last like two minutes, and then like the other 13 I just never <laughs> listen to. Long story short, because nobody finds that funny like I do, is that um, I, I left it, like it, it fell, fell out of my ear. I didn't put it in the case. I didn't remember. And then like the next morning, uh, my dog had the AirPod in her mouth. So what I did was I bought new AirPods, and I put my old AirPods in a box and uh, kept the new ones. And then I gave away the old ones at this event that we had recently. And uh, it was a good deal because they got AirPods and they didn't have AirPods. And I got new AirPods and I deserved them. So it all worked out. No? Okay. I, I did. It was just a joke. I just teasing. I, I gave away the real ones, everybody. I know. It's just such dry humor. I didn't think I had to. I'm just teasing. I... I have my old uh, gross AirPods uh, that my dog ate, and that person who won, uh, Kylie something, um, she has the new ones, not my dog eating ones. So it's good. It's good. And I'm trying to get better at not doing that because the truth is I'm listening, but I'm not really actually taking anything in. I'm not really doing anything with what I'm hearing about. James chapter 1, verses 19 to 22, it says this. New Living Translation. It says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all, everybody say all. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So, get rid of all the filth 
and the evil in your lives. I'll read this again. We heard about this this weekend, especially if you were here on Saturday morning. Get rid of all the filth and all the evil that is in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. Verse 22. But don't just listen to God's word. Don't just be a hearer, is what the King James Version says. You must also go ahead and do what it says, otherwise you are only fooling yourselves. Now, when we talk about hearing, we can't do what we don't know to do. It all starts with hearing. When we hear something, when somebody explains something to us, then we can act and go ahead with what we heard. I mentioned this illustration before, but it'd be like going to Walmart and picking a random board game that you've never seen before. You open it up, you shred the instructions, and then you and your friend just sit there and you go, all right, now what? You just, you wouldn't be able to do it. If you gave somebody a Monopoly board that had never played Monopoly or heard of Monopoly before, which is the superior board game, right? I just want to make, oh, really? Okay. Well, let's close in prayer. I'm um, just kidding. Um, if you gave somebody a Monopoly board, and you gave them all the pieces and the money and, and all of the stuff and pick a character. Like, they just, they wouldn't get it. They wouldn't understand how to play. Somebody would at first have to give them the instructions. They would have to read. They would have to take that information and get understanding from it in order to act upon and play out that game. You can't play it until you've read it or you've received the instructions. So hearing is the same thing. But once we've heard, we can act upon what we've heard. We can hear it, and then we can go do it. And so James says, he says, don't just go out and listen to God's word. Don't just go out and read the scriptures. Don't just go out and, and glance at the page and just kind of skim through it and just go through your daily routine and, and, and all of this stuff. Don't just take it in and do nothing with it. You've got to be a hearer, but then you've also got to take what you have heard and go do something with it. You must go and do what it says. And oftentimes, what happens is hearing becomes a bit of a problem because we hear, uh, we hear the Bible all the time. We hear preaching all the time. And so what happens is it almost becomes like this droning noise. We just become so accustomed to hearing that sometimes we forget or we don't act upon what we have heard. Guys in the second row, get you to pay attention to me up here. And so what happens is, problem number one is we become reliant on somebody else to bring us the word of God rather than hearing it for ourselves or reading it for ourselves. We rely on somebody else to do it for us. We are fed from preachers, from pastors, from evangelists, and depending on our level of hunger for the word of God, that preaching will do two things. It will sustain us, meaning we, we go through a great weekend like we just did, and we hear the Word of God preached, and it is challenging, and it is convicting, but it is also very, very practical. Everybody say practical. The Word of God isn't just always this very large, droning up, spiritual, ethereal thing that you can't grab a hold of. When the Word of God is preached or when the Word of God is taught, there is typically a practical application that you can take and do with it that doesn't require a lot of spiritual effort, so to speak. 
And you'll remember this if you were here on Saturday morning for the devotion. When Brother Drew Galloway was preaching, he was talking about what? Everybody remember the, the title of his sermon? Don't say it. I know you would know. Anybody? Anybody remember? Shout it out. You missed it? The War for the Window? You remember now? The War for the Window or the War of the Window? See, that's how fast it happens. We hear something and we forget it. So, so when we hear preaching like this, very uh, spirit-led preaching, but there is this practical application where, where he talked about, you know, sometimes in life there is just some things that we need to get rid of, some things in our life that we just need to make sure we cut out. And some of those things are bad and we need to get rid of those, but some of those things are just what we would say amoral. They're just neutral morally. But because they're taking up our time, they're actually holding us back from doing things that are good with our time. And so when, it, when a preacher preaches to us, it sustains us, meaning that when we hear it, we go, hey, this is good. I, I like what I'm hearing. And it, it spiritually, it does feed us. And it's like just enough for us to last till the next time that somebody else preaches. But for other people, when they hear preaching or when they're uh, being taught the Word of God, it begins to grow their appetite and their desire for the Word of God, and it will propel them to seek it out for themselves. They're going to hear it, and they're going to say, okay, there's something to this. There's more understanding that I need. There's something that I want to pull from this Scripture. And this happened not just in our generation. We all do this today. Again, anybody remember what he preached on Saturday night? The Spirit of Mary. Who said that? Well, come on, you gotta let somebody else say it. That's not fun. I know, she just, she just had to be right. She just had to be right, again. Just kidding. Now, it just shows how easily we can hear something and then not only, uh, not only not remember the title, but we retain so little of what we hear sometimes. Anyway, this happened in the Old Testament. Moses and the children of Israel, they're delivered out of Egypt, and God has led them to Mount Sinai, the place where Moses received the Ten Commandments. And Moses, he was summoned by God to talk with him on Mount Sinai, and then he would uh, deliver the word of the Lord to the people after this. Exodus chapter 19, verses 7 to 9. It says, So Moses returned from the mountain and called together the elders of the people and told them everything the Lord had commanded him. And all the people responded together, We will do everything that the Lord has commanded. How many of you have heard the word of God before and you said, I am going to do that? All right? Nobody. No. Every time they're like, nah, I'm not doing that. So Moses brought the people's answer back to the Lord. They said, yeah, we'll do it. Whatever, whatever God commands us to do, whatever the Lord says, we will do it. So Moses goes back and says, hey, God, good news. They said they're going to do it. And he's like, I knew that's what they were going to say. And then the Lord said to Moses, I will come to you in a thick cloud, Moses, so the people themselves can hear me. The people themselves, not just you, but the people around, the people at the bottom of the mountain, can also hear me when I speak with you. Then they will always trust you. And Moses told the people what the Lord had said. You can imagine if Moses was your pastor and he climbs up this mountain and uh, he comes back down. He says, God spoke to me all these crazy things and he gave me these, you know, two tablets of stone. He carved with his finger in them. It's just this crazy thing. Um, you know, you'd be like, you're crazy. Like, you're really crazy. Like, you, you were doing something up there that you shouldn't have been doing. You're nuts, okay? Um, so God says, hey, listen, they're not just going to take your word for what's happening, but they are actually going to be able to witness, not just visually, but they are going to be able to hear 
when I am communicating with you so that it's not just, oh, hey, Moses is saying this or he's trying to manipulate or twist God's word. No, they are going to hear it for themselves. He said, they'll always trust you. And Moses told the Lord what the people had said. God had a desire not just to speak to the leader, not just to speak to the pastor, not just to speak to the evangelist or special guest or missionary. God had a desire to speak to his people, not just Moses. But if we look at what happens next, just a few verses later, Exodus chapter 19, verses 16 and 17, it says this. It says, On the morning of the third day, thunder roared and lightning flashed, and a dense cloud came down on the mountain. There was a long, loud blast from a ram's horn, and all the people trembled. Moses led them out from the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. So Moses is venturing to Mount Sinai to talk with God. And while this is happening, this is what we read next. Verse 18. It says, When the people heard the thunder and the loud blast of the ram's horn, and when they saw the flashes of lightning and the smoke billowing from the mountain, they stood at a distance, trembling with fear. And they said to Moses, You speak to us, and we will listen. But don't let God speak directly to us, or we will die. They said to Moses, you go talk to God. When you're done talking with God, you come and tell us what God said. We do not want to hear what God is saying because we think that he will kill us. And so this display of his spirit or his presence, this display of power uh, and fear of the Lord made the Israelites back up from the foot of the mountain. And now they stood at a distance in fear of what was going on in front of them. The thunder and the lightning and the sound of a ram's horn struck fear and reverence for the presence of God inside them. But what was their reaction? The reaction wasn't, wow, this is incredible. This is, this is the God that led us out of Egypt. This is the one that parted the Red Seas. Like, like, this is our deliverer. Look at his power. He can summon the thunder and the lightning and all of these sounds. Like, like this is the guy that I want to follow. This is the God that I want to serve and worship. Look at the demonstration of his power that is on display. We got to listen to this guy. Rather, they said, no, Moses, you speak to God. And we'll listen to you, but we do not want to speak. We do not want to hear from God directly or we will die. You go hear the word, bring it back to us. We'll listen, we'll mull it over, and then we'll decide whether we want to take it or not. They were willing to let their leader, they were willing to let the preacher or the teacher or the missionary be their connection to the voice of God because they knew that the word of God would cause them to die. Now, this wasn't going to be, hang with me for five more minutes, okay, Gabriel? This wasn't talking about just a physical death. But the truth is, when we hear the word of the Lord, when somebody preaches to us and brings the scripture to us and highlights something in the text, there is something inside of us that needs to be challenged or changed or motivated. The word of God has many different utilities and functions when it goes forward, but something changes, something moves on the inside of us when we hear the word of God and it causes us to be different. Hearing the word of God always causes us to die not physically but sometimes it causes us to die spiritually it causes us to die to our ideas 
it causes us to die to our will. It causes us to die to our agenda and our thoughts and our plans. When the Word of God is preached, the idea and the, and the purpose of it is that it would challenge us and make us better. And so in an example, yes, they thought it meant physical death because of this lightning and all of this, but when the Word of God goes forth, there should be some sort of death. There should be something that is happening on the inside of us that says, you know what, I don't want this. I want what the Word of God is saying to me. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. In comparing the word of God to a sword, the writer wasn't suggesting that, that God uses his word to, to slaughter and to kill Christians. It is true that the word, it will cut into the heart of sinners with conviction. We read about how that happened in the book of Acts when the word was being preached. But that Greek word translated sword means like a short sword or a dagger. And the emphasis is on the power of the word to penetrate and to expose the inner heart of man. The word is a discerner, or what it means, it's a, it's a critic. God uses the word to enable us to see the sin and the unbelief or the areas of our life that we need to be challenged and that we need to change. The word exposes our hearts, and then if we trust God, the word enables our hearts to obey him and claim his promises. And this is why each and every one of us, this is why each and every believer should be diligent to apply himself to hear and heed and read God's word. In the word, we see God, and we also see how God sees us. And then we can also see ourselves for who we really are. We can come back to the music tonight, Elaine. I'll get you to help me just for a minute. Going back to James one of our opening scriptures. James chapter 1, verse 23 to 25, it says this. It says, For if you listen to the word and you don't obey it. And sometimes it's not, it's not that you're being defiant. It's not that I'm being defiant. This is really just saying, if for any reason at all, if you hear the word of God and you don't obey it, maybe you forget it. Maybe you weren't really being attentive. Maybe you, you kind of liked it, but you checked out. Whatever the case may be, it says, if you listen to the word and you don't obey it, it is like glancing. Everybody say glancing. It is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself and you walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that God into the perfect law that sets you free. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. I'm going to say that again. If you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. And so the challenge that I have faced in my life and the challenge that each and every one of us tonight in this room face and everybody that was here this weekend for Remnant Youth Conference and heard the preaching and the teaching of the Word. The challenge is that now we're two, three, four days later than when we heard those messages. And the challenge is now. Because we can hear it, 
We can, we can enjoy the worship service. We can amen the preacher. We can love everything that he's saying and remember those illustrations. And Isaiah, he's just chanting, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. As quiet as he could. Just teasing. And we can walk away with the absolute best of intentions. Not being ignorant. Not being rude, not being mean, not trying to, uh, you know, get away from what God is saying or what God is trying to do in your life, but just say, you know what, man, that was that was some that was a great service. That was a great service, man. That was that was good preaching. I like that one. And then we get four days later, and it's like, what did he preach about? Uh, something about swords and windows and Mary, right? Something like that. And we forget because we hear it, but we don't always apply it. And so God, he can move in his service. He can anoint a preacher. A preacher can read and fast and pray and prepare themselves just to be the vessel that God wants to use. But the responsibility is on us that when we have heard it, we go say, okay, you know what? I'm not just going to let this sit here, but I'm going to take the application of this word and apply it to myself. In Saturday morning's example, okay, you know what, that's a great message. I like what he preached about. I am going to intentionally make a plan to start cutting some voices out of my life. I'm going to intentionally make a plan to make sure that I'm not wasting my time and wasting the best and most fruitful years of my life just spending it all on media and stuff that doesn't have any eternal impact or value whatsoever. And I'm going to do something about what the Word of God says. Because if we don't, it's like we look in a mirror We say, oh, man, I've got some imperfections. There's some things I can improve on. There's some things that I can do, whatever it may be, and walk away and forget and say, oh, right. And then we come back to that thing again. It's like, oh, man, that's right. He talked. I I know what I need to do, but I just forgot to do it. And so we need to make sure that we are hearers, but not just hearers. We need to be doers. And so Paul, I open with this, and I will close. He preaches. To King Agrippa, he tells him his story, his testimony, all the things that God did in his life. That road to Damascus and that beautiful conversion that happened and how God changed his life. And he talks about Jesus and who he was and the resurrection and all of this stuff. And he says, King Agrippa, you know, you know the prophets talked about there would be somebody that would do everything that I'm telling you about right now. And it comes to the end and he hears this testimony, hears him teach and preach about Jesus and King Agrippa. He says, almost. How many times have we heard a message? How many times have we heard somebody preach and we have the best of intentions, but the next day it's like, man, I almost, almost. And so we need to make sure that we hear the word, but when we hear it, we act upon it. As Paul said, and I say to you tonight, he said, I would to God that not only you, but everybody who hears me today might become both almost, everybody say almost, and altogether, everybody say altogether, such as I am, except for these chains. I wish that everybody would hear this word. I wish that everybody would understand what I'm saying, but not just leave it, oh man, you almost convinced me. You almost convinced me to delete that app. You almost convinced me to pray more. You almost convinced me to start that Bible reading plan for the next six months. You almost did it. Paul says, no, no, no. We need to get beyond almost and go to almost and altogether. 
I hear the word of God, but I don't just leave it in the room. I don't just let it bounce around in my mind, but I say, you know what, God? I heard your word, and now I'm going to do something with it. It's like a New Year's resolution. How many of you made a resolution this year? And how many of you can be honest and say that within like the first month, you you got off course and you just haven't really got back on? We always have the best of intentions. We don't mean ill against ourselves. We want to take care of ourselves. But it's just the way that it works sometimes. And so Paul says, not just almost, but almost and altogether. Would you stand with me tonight? This is simple teaching. But it talks about application of the word. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, God, I thank you for your word tonight as simple and as clear as it may be. And God, I just pray that after coming off such a great weekend and hearing your word and, and being in those dynamic services and being in your presence and, and experiencing those worship moments and those altar calls, God, that there would just be something, that there would just be a resolve that rises up within us to say, you know what, I don't want to leave what I experienced this weekend at this weekend. I don't want to leave that word that I heard that convicted me in the moment when I didn't feel that conviction the next day or Monday morning or Tuesday morning. God, I don't want to leave that moment there, but God, I want that moment to be a a part of my life where I built an altar and said, you know what? I'm going to lay something down here. I'm going to sacrifice something here. And God, I want to hear your word, but I also want to do your word. So God, I pray in this room tonight, a simple prayer. God, I pray. For each and every young person that is in this place, God, that you would convict us. God, that you would challenge us to live out what we have heard taught, to live out what we have heard preached. Because, God, we know and we believe that if we let that word, if we let that seed of the word land on the good ground of our hearts, that we have no idea what sort of thing it may produce. We have no idea what fruit it may produce. And so, God, for some people in this room tonight, you are still reaching out to them. You are still calling out to them. You are still trying to convict them and speak to them that there is something in their life that they need to get rid of. And God, I pray that they would feel that conviction and understand that that isn't just their flesh talking to them and that, does, that isn't just an idea in their head, but God, that is your voice trying to speak to them and tell them, hey, if you would just cut this out, then maybe you would be able to hear from me. Hey, if you would just remove this from your life, then maybe your prayer life would be different. Hey, if you would just change something, it would change you. God, I pray for that young person tonight. But God, I pray for another young person in this place that needs to add something to their life. For too long, they have been inconsistent with their devotion and their Bible reading. For too long, they haven't followed through with that prayer life that deep down they really wish they had. And it frustrates them day after day because they feel like they're falling short of your calling. God, I pray that you would renew your calling in them tonight. But God, I also pray that there would be a conviction there to say, you know what? Even if it's just five minutes tomorrow morning, even if it's just 10 minutes, even if it's just one chapter before I go to bed tonight, I want to do something to make sure that God is speaking to me and that I am living for him. God, I pray that your word would challenge us tonight. But not just tonight. I pray that your word would challenge us tomorrow morning. Not to just fall prey to the desires of our flesh, but God, to live a spirit-filled life in such a challenging generation. In Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can high-five your neighbor. Thank you so much for being in Capital Community Youth tonight. 
join us next week. It is going to be a fun night. And uh, we do have a few minutes tonight. I believe pastors, uh, Bishop Woodward is preaching. God bless you in Jesus' name.